<clears throat> Good morning, and what a privilege and an honor to be here again, especially to be able to help out Scott and Cheryl in their time of need. We've been keeping them in prayer. I'm sure you will, too. And uh, I'm glad they made an announcement about the men's night. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I don't think I've missed one that we've had here since Mary and I landed here just over a year ago. I find them um, encouraging, great to be with the men. And uh, as Chad mentioned, John is going to cook up a storm. He, I don't think he's missed it. I've never been disappointed with the meals. I'm looking forward to the meal tomorrow night. Yeah, we really ought to give it up. He, he sacrifices time and effort, and you can tell you can tell he was in the firehouse because he's a good firehouse cook, that John. And I, I can speak from experience there. I'm not saying I'm a good cook, but John is. So I look forward to that. Um, Scott and I had had a conversation over the next couple weeks. He had hoped to communicate about love, uh, it being Valentine's Day, Valentine's time of the year, and he wanted to talk about the love of God and love in general. He had a couple of ideas. I, I could run with that very easily, so I'm going to bring the first of what will be a couple of messages. I'm sure next week you'll hear another one about that um, from Pastor Scott or David, perhaps. We look forward to that. But um, this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in a, a few various scriptures. Uh, the title this morning really is Loving God, Caring for People, and Reaching the World. And you might find that title familiar because it's on your bulletin this morning as it is every Sunday morning that you're here. That's kind of the motto or the theme, one of a couple of different themes here at Klamath Christian Center. Loving God, caring for people, reaching the world. Um, and so you probably recognize that. I really identify with that because when Mary and I first came here and we saw those three ideas, I said, that sounds so much like what our theme was when we pastored the Four Square Church in Santa Rosa, California, ours was loving God, loving people, and loving action. And they just seemed to track together. And the theme today is love, of course, and so we'll, we'll run with that. Loving God is obviously one of the two great commandments, the greatest commandment. We know that. We'll look at that uh, today in our ideas that we're sharing. Caring for people uh, is acts of love. That's the KCC. That's our theme here, loving God. Caring for people is another way of saying acts of love. And reaching the world is the third thing you'll see on your bulletin, and that's being communicated here. And reaching the world, we're charged. There's a couple of great things. There's the greatest commandments, loving God and loving our neighbor, uh, caring for people, and then reaching the world. How do we reach the world? Well, I think the best way we can reach the world, the idea, the charge there is, uh, for God so loved the world. You know, what are we supposed to do when we reach the world? Tell them, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we're speaking of the love of God. There'll be a few ideas. Our love to the world, God's love to us, uh, all of that will be communicated as we proceed on today. These are all directives that are based on the love of God. So let's look at some of these various verses in Scripture. Let's see what Scripture says. Of course, there's a love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Um, I've done a lot of weddings over the years, and uh, the last, I'd say the last 50% or third, uh, 33% of the time that Mary and I were in pastoral ministry, she stepped up and she started doing a lot of weddings. And uh, she probably doesn't want me to do this, didn't know I was going to say this, but 
She's going to get it anyway. She is a great minister. She does great weddings. She communicates wonderfully. When I started listening to the weddings that she did, I started thinking, man, I need to take some notes from her. She's so creative. She's so good. And one of the things she incorporated often was that 1 Corinthians 13 passage. Um, and, and we're familiar with that. And a, and a funny side note on that is one of the last weddings Mary did was up in Salem um, in July last year. We traveled up and she did a wedding for some friends of ours. And uh, so we, we grabbed a hotel. It was during the COVID thing like we're in now. Um, but we're in a hotel. Then we drove to West Salem, a beautiful area up in the hills, and just a handful of people. But when we went, there was a certain time for the wedding to start. We'd left plenty of time. And uh, we were new to Salem area. We weren't familiar with the And we were driving, and the clock was ticking. And we could see we couldn't find our way to the place we'd had the rehearsal the night before. And it really started crunching. And I was driving, and she was dressed and ready with notes prepared. And uh, the tension brought out um, less than the best of my wife at that moment. And she started telling me, where are we going? Why can't we find it? And, and she really let me have it. And I, I was probably getting close to 90 on some back roads in West Salem. I felt awful about it. And she said, I'm going to have to try to live the very thing I'm going to tell them to live. I'm having trouble living it now before I go tell them. But 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, and, uh, and love prevailed that day. I'll tell you what, we got there close to on time. There was a lot of grace, and everything worked out. But love never fails, and I think we have that on our PowerPoint, that marvelous picture. Um, I want to talk about love never failing. Um, we had a situation with our daughter, Catherine, who is 30 years old today. When she was around 15, she had some real struggles, went through some struggles. And then over the years, from 15 over the years, especially into her early, mid-20s back to 15, that range from about 15 to 25, Mary and I and our two other daughters really had some challenges with our daughter, Kate, um, and had some real struggles, and I don't, I'm not going to go into all the dirty details, but the, the idea is, is that I was challenged greatly, my wife was challenged greatly, our other daughters were challenged, because as much as we loved her, at times, I can just tell you straight up, I wasn't always liking her. Can anybody relate to that? Loved her, loved her, still loved her, never stopped loving her, but this is what God communicated. He communicated a couple of things to Mary and I. To me, he kept whispering, Love never fails. Keep loving her. Love never fails. Love never fails. And it, and it was a challenge. But I hung on to the prompt of the Lord saying, love never fails. And it, the gist of it was, she's with a lot of people right now. She's, and, but with you two, if you can remain in love and continue to love her, you'll keep a door open. And, and love never fails. And that certainly has panned out. I'm here today to tell you that at 30 years old, she is in, uh, in the industry of um, alcohol and drug rehab, but she's doing it as a counselor and as a person who's helping people up only because she's been there. She's not doing it in theory. She's doing it because she's been down that road and now she's free and walking with people and helping them get there because love never fails. Amen? <clears throat> one, one, of the things, one of the things that God communicated to my wife during that time was... Uh, Mary, we used to say, I'm going to keep the porch light on. I'm going to keep the porch light on. And that idea was, I'm just going to make sure 
that she knows when she looks to us, there's a light on, it's welcoming, the door's open, we'll always be available. And I'm telling you, God was right, love didn't fail, and as we kept our hearts and our arms and our house open, she, she picked up on the fact that we never failed her, or God never failed her, or that love never failed her. So praise the Lord. Uh, it, you know, it's more than theory. Love does not fail. We sang about it this morning. Um, we, we see that faith, hope, and love, and we know in 1 Corinthians it says, but the greatest of these is love. Amen? I mean, everything about the kingdom of God. We were singing about the Trinity this morning. There were three aspects of God in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I thought about it as we were listening and singing. And uh, all three have parts. I'm not going to change mics today. I'll tell you that. So, The fruits of the Spirit. There's three aspects. The Holy Spirit, of course. We know there's joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, goodness. There's eight, but the one at the top of the list is love. Everything's launched from love. And not only does the Holy Spirit is about love, but of course, Jesus is about love. There's no greater love than, than someone lay down their life for their friends. Jesus laid down his life. So the Spirit launches from love. The fruits of the Spirit are birthed and launched from love. Jesus of course, when he laid down his life, there was no greater love. And of course, we've looked at already. God so loved the world. It was based on love that he, he bridged the gap with his son, Jesus. Jesus is the bridge. But let's look at scripture too. Let's look at Matthew 22. I think we have a PowerPoint, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And, and we've, we've read this. We've mentioned it earlier. Jesus was questioned in public with everyone present. Teacher, and they were trying to trap him, actually, when you read the text. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I like to add what's found in the Gospels, with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two. We've heard that before. We're familiar with it, but it's always a good go-to. You know, what am I supposed to do? How do I remember all these commandments? Well, it's easy. You know, let's, let's love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and let's love our neighbors as ourself. And one thing I want to say is this, is that, and I'm going to give kudos to the, the pastor that taught it to Mary and I years ago, Dan Boyd, a four-square pastor. I loved one of the early... One of the early times I met with Pastor Scott, we were having breakfast one morning here in town and we were getting to know each other and I mentioned, well, Mary and I started at a four-square church in Santa Rosa, Hope Chapel, and Dan Boyd was our pastor. And I loved it when he said, oh, I've heard of Dan Boyd. And that, I was glad that we had kind of a connection that our pastor was known by our pastor here. And, uh, but Dan Boyd had something I loved. He made it easy. I love visuals. And uh, Dan said, well, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God, this direction, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, it's the big L. And so I like the big L. It's the L of L-O-V-E, loving God, loving our neighbor. And, you know, we go two directions with the love that he's put in us. And so it's a kind of a fun way to remember it. And I'll, I'll give Dan Boyd uh, proper kudos for having taught that. That sticks and it works. And uh, speaking of loving our neighbor... We're going to go into uh, 
1 John 4 in just a moment, but before we go to that, I want to say, we need to look for opportunities to love our neighbor. I'm sure all of us could talk about our literal neighbors where we live, neighbors in the city where we do business. We all have opportunities to love our neighbor. Um, Mary and I had an opportunity the other night, and I want to say, coming home from a men's meeting, uh, the last couple of men's meetings we had, maybe one or two ago, I was driving home after the meeting at night, and I was driving down Main Street, and I was looking at the businesses. Mary and I miss Klamath Grill being open. We love to frequent Klamath Grill, and we're sorry it's not open. And we're sorry and feeling for the people that a lot of the businesses aren't open. Our hearts go out to them. Well, as I was leaving the men's meeting that night and driving down Main Street, I got to Rooster's Chop House, the steakhouse there, toward the end of Main. And on the right-hand side, and the lights were on inside, but I knew they weren't doing business as usual. I'd heard they were hurting like, like a lot of businesses, especially the local businesses. And, um, and I felt, when I drove by, I kind of felt like, you know, you could, I was feeling a lot of things, but it's like the Lord connected with me and said, I feel what you feel. I'm hearing what you're feeling and thinking. And the prompt was, do you think you could pray for him? And I thought, well, I'll pray for him now. But it was like, maybe you could start praying for the businesses in the Klamath Falls area. Just pray generally for them. So I made note of that. Well, a couple of nights ago, this last Friday, I said to Mary, I want to take you out on a date. And there's no restaurants we can really go to to go have a date. It's all going to be takeout. But we still got kind of cleaned up, dressed up, and just to take out, we did it, just to do the best we could. And we went in to Rooster's. I, I, I considered a couple other chain restaurants in town that weren't just limited to Klamath Falls, but everywhere. And instead of those, I said, wait, let's go to Rooster's. Let's, let's invest in local business best we can. So we went to Rooster's. We went inside, and we met the owner. And the place was empty, of course. And we walked right up to his desk and I said, is the owner here? At one point we talked for a moment and then I said, is the owner here? And he said, I am the owner. And I said, my name is Kelly. And he said, my name is Dave. And I said, nice to meet you, Dave. And he met Mary and we talked, we had a conversation about things. But at one point while we were there, I, I told him a story about driving home from the men's meeting from Klamath Christian Center and that I had gone down Main Street and the Lord had put on my heart to pray for him. And I said, not only did I do that then, but that's why we're here now. We want to bless you. And we want to pray for you now, if that's okay. And he was okay with it. And so, we, you know, we just waited for the right time. I mentioned at the right time, our food had come. And it was like the right time. And I just kind of stepped around. And I could tell he'd be okay with me putting my hand on his shoulder. And I prayed for him. And Mary joined me. And we prayed and blessed him. And asked God to bless his business. And asked that things would open up. And asked that his electrical business that he has would be such a boon. That it would help him bolster the business. We just asked God's blessing on him. And that people would come. We asked there'd be an influx of even takeout. And, that, and then as we left, we prayed, God, do such a thing that he remembers the prayer and knows that you heard the prayer and knows that you're real. And I'm not saying that to say, look what we did or, or what we're doing is right. I'm just trying to communicate. We have opportunities. That was not a hard thing to do. Heck, the restaurant was empty. And if you know me, I'd have done it with the restaurant full, to be quite frank with you. But the point is, that was an easy opportunity. I just want to encourage us to love our neighbors this way. Amen? Amen. You know, loving our neighbors, the love of God. And uh, so we're believing. And, and I want to encourage us. And by the way, the prime rib and baked potato wasn't bad either. I'll tell you that. It was pretty good that night.
Let's look at 1 John 4, uh, 9 through 11. This is how God showed us his love. He showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We know, verse 13, we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit and we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. And then verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. That last line, that last verse 19, that's good news. Isn't it good news? Unconditional love, love of God the Father to us. The Bible also says in another area, while we were still sinners, God sent his son Jesus in in an act of love in spite of where we were at. That's the agape love of God. Amen? That's the agape love. And speaking of agape love and rewinding, just going back to when that, that tough season we were in years ago with our daughter Katie, there were times we would have such strife and I was amazed that as much as I had challenge with liking, I couldn't not love her. The love I had for her, I could feel in the midst of it. I was even amazed, almost as if I was a third party watching. It's like, my gosh, she can be that tough on us and that rude and that challenging, and I can't not love her. I still love her, and I can't not love her. Can anybody relate to that? That's an unconditional love. Marvelous. That's the love that God has for us. That's good news for us. I'm sure we've been challenging at times too to our Heavenly Father, but He still loves us. 1 John 4.11. We were just in 1 John. Let's talk about it. Since God loved us, let's remember this. Since God loved us also, we, we ought to love one another. I want to share a testimony about an opportunity I had uh, to love Um, and to be a channel of God's love, really. Um, Several years ago, on a Saturday in Santa Rosa, California, when Mary and I were pastoring the Foursquare Church, I was meeting on a Saturday morning to pray with an associate pastor of mine. And it was not unusual. We met regularly inside the sanctuary to pray. And so there we were on a Saturday morning to pray. And we had a, a, a long rectangular parking lot and on Middle Rincon Road, I pulled in. Typically, we'd drive down to the end of the parking lot and park close to the sanctuary. But that morning, for some reason, and I still don't know why, I pulled in and I pulled into one of the spots way down at the end of the parking lot. I think, you know, at some point we'll have a picture of the parking lot. But I pulled in right there at the end of the parking lot and then Roy pulled in came right in after me and he pulled in there too. And then he and I walked together all the way down towards the sanctuary. I can't remember a time we, we'd ever done that before. We always parked close to the building. And so that occurred. 
we went inside um, some time for prayer. And um, upon completion of our prayer, uh, we walked out of that building and we started walking down the parking lot to the end where our cars were parked. And I noticed there was a hill that would come down and kind of flatten out right where our parking lot, Middle Rincon Road and School Street came together. And walking down Middle Rincon Road, as we walked down the parking lot, I could see a man walking down, a younger man, and, and we kind of came together at the same time, the three of us. And I, I was aware of that. And as soon as we got to our cars and kind of right next to him, maybe 20 feet away, and we were looking at each other, he yelled, he, he looked past us and he yelled and pointed to the cross. We have a second picture of the cross. He pointed to that cross from at the end of the parking lot and he yelled, is that real? And, you know, kind of got our attention. And, um, and was, he had emotion in his voice. And so he went on to explain that his best friend had very recently, as a U.S. soldier, uh, KIA, killed in action in Iraq, his best friend. He had a lot of emotion. He was going through it. And it was marvelous that, A, we parked where we did, B, we got done when we did, and then C, we met each other, and I didn't see it at the time, but God was setting something up. And he posed this question, is that real? And I don't think he meant... Is that wooden cross real? I could have walked him down. We could have felt it and touched it. Yes, the cross. I knew what he meant. He meant, is the cross of Christ real? Is Christianity real? Is God real? He was, you know, you could tell he was hurting and longing and deep inside he was appealing. I think it was a mixture of emotions he had, obviously. And, and he was concerned about his friend who had passed and wanted to know beyond the here and now. And I offered him an explanation. I said, um, I listened to him, Roy listened to him, and I said, is it possible, is it possible that your friend, I said, just consider with me as it a possibility. First of all, your, your friend's passing didn't surprise God. It didn't come across God's desk and God went, wow, I didn't know. We hope to have had a chance to evangelize him again before he was killed. God knows, he's all knowing, he's all powerful. It certainly God wasn't surprised that this man's passing had occurred or was coming. And so in saying that to him, I was suggesting if God knows, and we all agree that he did know in advance, is it not feasible that God couldn't have yet given him another opportunity to say yes to the Lord, to have put a chaplain in the military next to him, to have a friend, another soldier who perhaps could have talked to him about Jesus? Was, is that possible? And, um, and he said, it is possible. I said, let's hang on to the hope that God knew and maybe gave him opportunities unbeknownst to you that before he passed, he had a chance to say yes to the Lord. And we prayed with him. And then Roy got in his vehicle, my associate pastor, he drove away. And we said goodbye to the young man. And he, he walked down Middle Rincon Road northbound. And I got in my truck and I went to leave. And the quickest way home for me would have been out the driveway and left up to the highway and back to my home, which was not too far away. Easily the quickest way. But as I got in my truck and hit the driveway, I felt a prompting from the Lord that was, turn right. So I turned right. I mean, I had a pretty strong impression. So I turned right. And as I'm driving right down Middle Rankin Road, I'm looking, I'm going, well, there's the young man we just spoke with. Well, put, it on, put that on hold for just a minute. I recently, in that time frame, had attended a movie, Rocky Balboa, the Rocky movie, Rocky Balboa. I went to the movie. And after I went to the movie, I kept the ticket stub. 
I kept the ticket stub because, and I put it on my dashboard out in front of me because my father had been a professional boxer and, and that Rocky movie was very inspiring to me. My father was inspiring to me. So I just kept it as a little keepsake on my dashboard because it meant a lot to me. Well, as I made that right-hand turn and was driving down the road towards that guy, as I got close to him, I had another prompt. And the prompt was this, give him your Rocky ticket stub. And I thought, I like that ticket stub. Matter of fact, I like that ticket stub. And I, I mean, I could tell, give him the ticket stub. And so I pulled up where the guy was. I pulled over, I rolled down my window, the window came down and I said, hey, and he came over to the truck and I said, I don't know what this means, but I'm supposed to give this to you here. And I gave it to him and he looked at it and he, he put his head down on the side of my door and he said, this is some weird stuff, but stuff wasn't the word he used. And his attention was being gained. And he knew more than I did at that moment. And, and the other thing I need to add is this. Not only was he miffed about his friend's passing, the other thing he had shared with Roy and I in the parking lot, that there was a time in his life when he had a baby. He and his girlfriend, who lived in Philadelphia at one time, had had a baby, and the baby had gotten very sick and infant. And he told us, he said, I actually took my gun out, pointed it to the sky and shot in the, shot in the air and yelled at God. So not only, I, I want to make sure I include that. He had told us that in the earlier conversation. So this guy was a mix of a lot of angst. And um, I gave him the ticket stub. And then I thought, okay, I said, I want you to come on. Show up at church tomorrow. It's Saturday. Tomorrow at 1030, we have church. We want you to be with us. Come in. Come into church with us. Experience God. And he said, I'll see what I can do. I didn't have much hope about that. I drove home. And then, you know, Sunday's coming. You have a lot going on. So Sunday came and we had service and we had preparation for service. And when we had our early morning worship set going on, I looked at the back of the sanctuary and I thought, my gosh, there he is. I actually saw him come in the building. He, he had entered the building and he, he went around the side wall. He walked around the back wall. He, I mean, it, he was afraid to even darken the door of the church, but he had enough courage to come in, but he didn't want to wait out into the middle where I guess real tough, real great things could happen. He hung back here against the back wall. Literally, his, his back was against the back wall of the church, standing. And so while the worship was going on and I saw him, I, I thought, I got to see him. I got to welcome him. I need to make contact with him. He's come. And so I walked up to him, and in fun, in keeping in this, this theme, which I really didn't know much about, I just said, hey, yo, Adrian, good to see you. And he said, I said, come on, tell me what gives. What does that mean when I gave you that stub? You obviously were impacted. He said, you know my friend that died in Iraq? I said, yes. He said, he had a nickname for me. He always called me Rocky. And I said, wow. He says, what does this mean? I said, well, I want to be, be careful. I want to be careful to try to interpret what God is saying. But I have to tell you, I think this is what he's saying. God knows you. He saw you when you were upset about your child. He knows now that you're upset about your friend. God knows you so good. He knows your nickname is Rocky. And he knew it was the nickname your friend gave you. 
That's how much God sees and knows and understands. And he wants you to know, and we're talking about the love of God right now. God loves you and he wants you to know it. And what a marvelous way. How, what other explanation do you have than other than God knowing that? God loves you. He, and I said, he's here for you now and he, he's here for you now and forever. God loves you. And so I want to say something to us on that note. There's nothing you can do to make God love you anymore. And there's nothing we can do to make God love us any less. I just want to say that again. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more. And there's nothing we can do to make him love us any less. That's the agape love of a father. Amen? Let me share a, a Billy Graham quote here. God proved his love on the cross when Christ hung and bled and died. It was God saying to the world, I love you. What good news. I'd like to ask the worship team if they could come up, please. If the worship team would come up. I have a few more things I want to say as they're getting in position. But I want to say this to anyone that's on live stream and anyone that's in the sanctuary that you may have never connected with the love of God the Father found in the person of Jesus by the prompting and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. You may have never done that. I have to believe the majority of us here probably have. Some of, some of those of you watching perhaps have not. And certainly there's an opportunity for all of us at some point to feel we might need to reconnect. But I want to give that opportunity before we finish out this set of ideas, just where we're seated and, and you at home, I want to give you an opportunity to reconnect and say yes to Jesus. To say yes to this bridge named Jesus. And so I, that's my question. Will you respond to his love? Will you respond to the love of God? And so I want to say, I, I'm going to say a prayer right now and just seated where you are. Um, can, I ask, can I ask every head to be bowed and every eye closed and, and where you are in living rooms and watching it on live stream with every head bowed and every eye closed? I'm going to pray a prayer just line by line, a few lines. And I'm going to ask the people here, even if you know you're secure in Christ and you're not saying it for yourself, if you would repeat it out loud to, to also say it with others that might be saying it in need here today. And you can repeat it as you watch from live stream too. Let's just, just repeat with me. Let's say it together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you lived and died and rose on the third day. I ask you to forgive me, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you gave your life. Father, I thank you for your love that set it all in motion. Holy Spirit, order my steps and direct my paths. I thank you that I'm forgiven and Jesus is my Lord and Savior. We pray that with great thanks in the name of Jesus our Lord. 
And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. I want to say this before I step down that anyone that might have done that on live stream, it would be a blessing to know. If you go to klamathchristiancenter.org, you can find an email address to let us know that you made that decision today. We'd be blessed by learning that. And uh, so praise the Lord. God is good. And we're blessed by his goodness in our life. Amen. Thank you for the time today.